And welcome to Dialogue. This is State Senator Paul Lavota of the 11th Senatorial District. And you've tuned in to Dialogue with State Senator Paul Lavota, where we talk about Missouri government, Missouri politics, and really what's happening in the Capitol this week. Um, kind of a, a eventful week in the Capitol, and I'm excited to tell you all about it. Maybe not as animated as last week. Well, you poured it on last week, yeah, buddy. But uh, that's okay. That's actually all right. Uh this I know there's a lot of new listeners to the podcast. Um, you know, I, I I'm wondering if the politically speaking folks want to take our challenge. Yeah, we threw down this the program last week, yeah. but I haven't heard anything back from no. them. Hmm. I guess uh, they are they are afraid of our challenge, and I get that. Um, I'd like to welcome new uh, our one of our new listeners, Jill Quick, who um, went to the internet and typed in on Google Podcast to try to find us. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, welcome, Jill. And I'd like to welcome to the program, as always, um, the Independence Mayor Pro Tem, Chris Whiting. Welcome, Chris. Oh, thank you so much, Senator. A pleasure to be here, as always. It's it's my Thursday afternoon treat. It's like the jewel in the middle of my week. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yep. It seems I mean, it seems a bit strong, but I'm glad you're here. Oh, it's the gooey center and my chocolate of life. Oh, well. Well, then I am excited to hear from you. Yes. Today. And also welcome Courtney Cole of the Missouri Democratic Party Senate Project. Yes. Hello. Thank how, you. How are you? For the invitation. You're the only one that has my title memorized. I don't even know if I have it memorized. So I'm impressed that okay. you're able to... Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm able to remember it. I, I'm <laughs> glad I'm able to do that. But let's start out with, what do you think we should start out with? I don't know. Maybe the weekly news roundup. Now the weekly news roundup oh my gosh, brought to you right. by the good folks at Liberty Realty. Here's Chris Whiting. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. This is indeed the weekly news roundup brought to you by those good folks at Liberty Realty. In the news this week, House approves reducing unemployment benefits. The House of Representatives on February 4th voted 112 to 47 in favor of legislation that would cut unemployment benefits in Missouri from the current maximum of 20 weeks to as low as 13 weeks. Unanimous House Democrats, joined by three Republicans, oppose the bill, which advances to the Senate. Missouri's existing 20-week maximum is already the fifth lowest in the nation. Missouri is one of just eight states that provides less than 26 weeks of benefits. Under House Bill 150, the maximum weeks of benefits would be based on the statewide unemployment rate during the previous year and range from just 13 weeks if the statewide rate is below 6% to 20 weeks if the statewide rate is 9% or higher. The bill doesn't take into account regional economic disparities, so even if unemployment is still high in a particular area, benefits would remain restricted if the state's overall unemployment rate was low. Lawmakers fell just two House votes short of overriding Governor Jay Nixon's veto of similar legislation last year. Although another veto is likely, majority Republicans this year are expected to achieve the two-thirds supermajorities in both chambers necessary to overrule the governor. Yeah, I am very glad the governor vetoed this bill, and I hope he does it again. Um, It is a um, really uh, bad way to set policy for unemployment. It hurts folks that really are trying to do their best, um, trying to find another job. It just reduces the benefits. And, you know, the Missouri Chamber, who has been pushing this bill, claims that um, it saves their uh, members money. But um, it doesn't help anybody if, if if we don't get people back to work. And, and this, uh, this scheme of based on the percentage of how many weeks it is, it's just it's not good for, for workers at all. 
does any other state take an approach like this to? You know, I don't know. Um, my guess is there probably is with this type of um, hair. Usually the harebrained schemes come from other states. They're even more conservative than Missouri. So What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So um, it will come to the Senate. We'll um, talk about that, and, and hopefully um, we can defeat it in some, some way. I don't know. It's hard with the numbers. Mm-hmm. Very good. Moving on, settlement prompts Nixon to restore some spending. Hmm. Governor Jay Nixon lifted $21.5 million in spending restrictions on February 3rd, shortly after the state announced it is receiving that amount as part of a national settlement with Standard & Poor's relating to allegations the financial ratings agency engaged in deceptive practices that helped trigger the 2008 financial crisis. Missouri's suit was brought by Attorney General Chris Coster and Secretary of State Jason Kander and involved 18 other states, plus the U.S. Department of Justice. Nixon imposed the spending restrictions at the start of the 2015 fiscal year in July after the Republican-controlled General Assembly passed an unbalanced state budget. Roughly $420 million in general revenue restrictions remain in place. The restored spending authority includes $8 million for Missouri's seven veterans' homes, $4.6 million for a University of Missouri School of Medicine clinical campus in Springfield, and $3.5 million for high-tech startups through the Missouri Technology Corporation. Other restored spending authority includes $500,000 each for local sheltered workshops, grants for domestic violence shelters, and services for people with Alzheimer's disease. Now, uh, this we talked a little bit about this on the floor this week. Um, the but the appropriations chair, Senator uh, Kurt Schaefer of Columbia, talked about this, and it is the House is the House and Senate's position. There's more money, and the governor is withholding too much, and. Um, the governor says we don't have the money to withhold to let go of some of these withholds, and quite frankly, I don't know which one to trust. Um, I do think it's odd. <laughs> I, I do think it's odd that somehow we have this settlement and then we can release this money the exact same day. I, I think that's it's convenient yeah, timing it's convenient. if nothing else. Um, I did uh, ask, uh, had an inquiry with uh, Senator Schaefer of Columbia about. Um, the need for a forensics crime lab in this area of the state and the fact that we passed it through the budget, it was vetoed, it was overridden, and the governor still withholds $1.3 million. That would be good for our area. And, uh, you know, it's it's Senator Schaefer's belief that the money's there and we sh- he should release that and we should move on and help uh, crime victims in our area. The governor uh, believes that the money's not there. And so um, I... The discussion was that I'm going to keep talking about it. I need to maybe be louder about it because Senator Schaefer did a good job of asking for money for the um, domestic violence shelters. And sure enough, well, lo and behold, lo and behold, that was released. I'm Mm -hmm. glad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's. Yeah. So. Certainly anyway, a good thing. and I'm sure a crime any, lab would be important uh, crime to have as well. Would well, be, it's again, it's if you know, it's 1.3 million. It it uh, helps solve crimes in our area. And um, it is it is the best use of, of money for law enforcement, and I think we have the money there. Very so, good. Yeah. Continuing, Senate grants initial approval to modest ethics bill. 
Missouri holds the dubious distinction of being the only state in the nation that allows both unlimited campaign contributions and unlimited lobbyist gifts to elected officials. It would maintain its unique status under legislation modestly strengthening state ethics laws that won first-round Senate approval on February 4th. The bill requires one more vote to advance to the House of Representatives. The bill, Senate Bill 11, would impose a two-year waiting period on former lawmakers becoming lobbyists, prohibit sitting lawmakers from simultaneously serving as paid political consultants, and strengthens various reporting requirements for lobbyists and elected officials. However, however, here we go. Mm This is okay, important word there. The Republican-controlled Senate voted 13 to 20 to defeat an amendment offered by State Senator Jamila Nasheed, I hope I said that right, a Democrat from St. Louis, that would have banned elected officials and their families and staff from accepting free tickets to sporting events or concerts from lobbyists. Also, Republican leaders blocked consideration of an amendment by State Senator Paula Voda, Democrat from Independence, Mm. that sought to restore campaign contribution limits, which Missouri voters first imposed in 1994, but that Republican lawmakers repealed in 2008. Well, I could tell you a little bit about this. Okay. Oh, wait. Yes, we have some breaking news. Oh, okay. Yes. So, yesterday, we received a press release from Senator Paul Lavoda. Mm, this ought to be good. Yes, and it's, and it's titled, Campaign Finance Limits Reform Blocked by the Republican Party. What? So, let me just read this to you. Senator Paul Lavoda, Democrat, Independence, offered an amendment to Senate Bill 11. This amendment is identical to Lavoda's previously filed Senate Bill 96, which would establish campaign contribution limits. The Republican Party called the amendment out of order, which then dismisses them from making a vote. Using a procedural move to avoid voting for campaign finance limits shows how out of touch the legislature has become, said Senator Lavota. Good quote. Good mm. quote. Yeah, this guy's good. Lavota's amendment would have established <laughs> campaign limits consisting of $10,000 for statewide offices, $5,000 for senators, $2,000 for representatives, and $2,000 for any other office, including judicial. Senator Lavota has remained diligent in his efforts to reinstate campaign limits, which were eliminated by the General Assembly in 2008. It sure has. <laughs> Uh, The absence of campaign limits continues to be the root issue for the neglect of Missouri's true needs, such as education and transportation, stated Mm -hmm. Lavota. The repeal of these limits have led to a financial free-for-all. As predicted, the lack of limits have decreased accountability from elected officials and citizen participation in the process. We now have a state government that seems removed from ordinary citizens and the needs of people. Missourians from all sides of the political spectrum feel that their government is more interested in marginal issues instead of focusing on improving our state. Yay! I'm Paul Lavota. So, yeah, that was in what they called the news wow. yesterday, and I... Caused a, um, some ruckus in the Senate. Um, I did an amendment which was entirely within the Senate rules. Mm-hmm. Entirely within the Senate rules. Because my point was, if you're going to limit um, uh, lobbying gifts and time you can work, you should limit campaign contributions as well. Yeah. If you're interested in really having true ethics reform, you have to limit campaign finance. You have to have campaign finance limits as well. Um the floor leader, Ron Richard of Joplin, um, as I did my amendment, said, well, I think it's our order because I, want, I wanted to handle this in the um, committee process. Well, he just didn't want it on his bill. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you do in the Senate. And he did a point of order. The president, uh, Tom Dempsey, ruled that order. I tried to speak on the on it. And I, as I knew, they would 
Anything they can do to keep their campaign money coming in, mm-hmm. they're going to even abuse the Senate rules. What was interesting about well, what did they let you speak? Oh, I spoke. I okay. spoke for a very long time, and I did. Uh, you know, I talked about how last week we sat in the chamber and people were worried about our perception of getting raises, and everyone's worried about their perception of of lobbying gifts. What about the perception of getting a uh, one candidate run for governor getting a million dollars from the same group that's pushing tax? policy that's bad for us mm-hmm. i mean i i don't we can talk if, if they're related but the people think they're related that perception is makes our our ethics look bad um then senator david pierce of 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 uh warnsburg he stood up and started talking about the need for campaign finance limits he really he sure did yeah and he's a republican yes mm-hmm. senator rob schoff also mm-hmm. agreed with that um, Senator Jason Holzman, Senator Jill Shoup, both Democrats, talked about the need for it. Um, then in a very strange move, um, Senator um, Kurt Schaefer, who I mentioned, who's the appropriation chair, tried to put on an amendment, and they called him out of order because they didn't want anything in the bill. So this is, is not a real ethics reform bill. This is not a true intent to clean up the way that we are in um, in in Jefferson City. Um one bill, one of the amendments that I supported was Senator Nasheed saying you can't get any, any tickets to sporting and uh, other entertainment. And I got, I went to the World Series. I got to go to some sporting <laughs> tickets, mm-hmm. you know. So, but but if it's it's worth to take that um, everything to mm-hmm. to clean up the perception, and um, it's well worth it to me to to have those those type of things happening. But um, the majority. Blocked it. So uh, there's a group out of St. Louis um, that has talked about doing this, a petition initiative. I hope that's the case um, because I think that's the only way that you can have real ethics reform, real fair elections. And by the way, as I said on the floor a lot yesterday, since we've got got rid of limits, we've increased the number, the, the amount of money that goes in the campaigns. But we've only increased negative campaigning and decreased the number of voters. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong way to go. We need more people involved, not less. And and having limits on it. Oh, my limits. What do I have in here? Actually, they they were ten thousand for statewide, five thousand for senators, two thousand yeah. for reps. Five thousand for senators. Okay, before in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. when they were, it was six hundred fifty dollars. I was going to say these these are. Far more uh, generous than the old limits. Yes, I'm, you're trying to I'm, be reasonable. Here. I'm, I'm the modern day he- uh, Henry Clay here. I'm trying to be <laughs> the great compromiser and trying to say I'll come your way if it's if there's a concern that you can't run an effective campaign with those type of donations. That's fine. Five thousand dollars. I mean, that's still quite a bit of money. If someone's giving you five thousand dollars, that's yeah, it's still quite that's a, a bit. That's yeah. you know, right. but you know. What are you going to do? Well, they, they don't have to do grassroots fundraising. You know, they they just get mm-hmm. tons of money dumped into their campaigns. They don't It doesn't require them to do any work, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think it's interesting because there's all of these articles that are coming out about ethics, and it's pretty clear that ethics has been – but there's no real teeth to it. Right. So, there's no real teeth. And um, I, I believe, and maybe I'm being too uh, optimistic here, is that if they tried to do a – bill like this without any campaign limits, mm-hmm. the people of Missouri are going to laugh and say, come on, guys. We I want real ethics reform. Don't act like you're doing something. And, and I, I think it will um, show, show what's really going on. I so. hope that the public does 
But I hope, you know, it seems to me that they're selling it as, hey, we're big champions of ethics right. now because ethics is out of control. But in reality, it's just going to stay the same. You know, it's unfortunate. I'm glad there are people like you there to offer amendments at well, least. Thank, yes, thank you, Senator. Thank you. I, I read a story over the weekend about the Koch brothers mm-hmm. and their budget. They had their summit where they bring in conservative politicians, people they'll support, and also fundraisers. But but their budget was leaked by someone. It's going to be over a billion dollars they plan to spend yeah. on campaigns. Yeah. Over a billion. Yeah. Well, and and, and that is and so, that is part of uh, the federal um, – where they can they can put it in different committees. Um, what's worse is that in Missouri there's no limits at all, Gosh. so it's even worse. Mm-hmm. Wow. So anyway, Chris, it looks like Courtney interrupted your. I um, did. Well, there was breaking, breaking news. news. What are yeah. you going to do? Are you, you're not yeah. angry about it, are you? No, 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 no. Oh, good. Okay. I never get angry I about breaking news. Okay, good. A, good <laughs> <clears throat> Supreme Court refuses to block Max Creek Law. The Missouri Supreme Court on February 3rd rejected a motion from the Missouri Municipal League seeking to block enforcement of a state law that prohibits municipalities from deriving more than 30% of their budgets from traffic fines and requires any excess to be distributed to local schools. The court overruled the motion in a one-line order without further comment. In an effort to crack down on small communities subsisting off of speed traps, Missouri has imposed limits on revenue from traffic fines for 20 years. The statute is informally known as the Max Creek Law after the small Missouri town that prompted its passage. After forcing Max Creek to discorporate, however, the law has rarely been enforced until recent months when both the Attorney General's office and private attorneys have sued several North St. Louis County cities for alleged violations. A day after the court's action, the Senate Jobs, Economic Development, and Local Government Committee approved legislation, Senate Bill 5, that would further restrict collections from traffic fines to 10% of a municipality's budget. And, and we, uh, I think we've talked about this before. This is um, one of those beliefs that municipalities, especially in St. Louis County, have been abusing, uh, have not been following the Max Creek Law and basically harassing their citizens, which makes a tough situation between police officers and citizens which lead to different issues and problems in the area i um i think this is the bill that we're going to have is is good we should do that and um i will continue to um say the same thing over again is that one of the reasons that these municipalities have to um, use uh, their municipal courts to raise revenues because we have bad tax policy and we don't pay for the things. Yay! <laughs> I'm Paul Lavota. Yay! <laughs> so I'll just keep saying that. And he finally, the theme, doesn't he? It, he mm-hmm. does. I'll tell you what, he's on point. Yeah. He will beat it into the ground. He sure will. <laughs> he will beat it anyway. Net general revenue up 4.9% through January. You're the one talking about beat it. Year-to-date net state general revenue collections were up 4.9% through the first seven months of the 2015 fiscal year, compared to the same period in fiscal year 2014, going from $4.57 billion last year to $4.8 billion this year. Net general revenue collections for January 2015 increased by 4.1% compared to those for January 2014, going from $705.8 million to $734.8 million. So that's perfect. I mean, that there's at least 1.3 million in there for a uh, crime lab. Crime lab, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, there. good. Well, there you go, Paul Courtney. That is your weekly news roundup, brought to you by the good folks 
at Liberty Realty. Excellent. What a great job. Oh, thank that's you. That's good. It's that's what I do. And that's really what's going on in Jefferson City. And, uh, you know, I work in Jefferson City. I'm really honored to um, to work in Jefferson City, to uh, represent the, the people in my district. But I care about what's going on in Independence. That's where I live. Mm-hmm. That's oh, do what you? I call hometown. Oh, yeah. And that's where I like to ask my buddy, Chris Whiting. Chris? What's going on? Do I need to play the song again? Oh, I thought you I was just waiting for it in case you were. No, I'm going to wait till <laughs> you actually are um, talking a little bit. Okay. And then it would be good just to kind of interrupt you, uh, and then, you know, that would be fine. Okay. Well, I want in on this one. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on here in Independence. My hometown, your hometown, not your hometown, it's Courtney. But you're always welcome here. Thank you. The sun is shining it's, uh, bright. You're, you're the one who's talking about what's a great day. <laughs> it's a great day in the It's okay. such a great song. Uh, I, I'm always right. glad when it starts. Almost as glad as I am when it's over. Yeah. Um, so a few things going on. Something that was just announced, which I think is great news for us. Centerpoint has announced that it's going to open a new $20 million cancer center in 2016. And it's going to be a Sarah Cannon Cancer Center, and apparently there's a few of those around the country. Uh, There's a a building, what would it be, just to the southwest, used to be a a Levitt's Furniture Store. Oh, okay. And they're going to convert that into the Cancer Center. That's right there at the street, isn't it? Yeah, it's right there on the corner of 39th and, my goodness, what would that be, Little Blue? Or Jackson. Anyway, so it's right there at the corner, so we're going to have a cancer treatment center here in Independence, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who um, are, are dealing with cancer, battling it, they have to go somewhere else to another city to to get the treatment that they really need. So mm-hmm. this will certainly help the citizens here in Independence. A um, couple of other things that are happening. Next week, I'll be going to the Missouri Municipal League conference really they have that in jefferson city missouri so i will be down in jeff city next tuesday and wednesday that's fantastic so I if hope, you're down there i'll have to well, meet up with you i i hope that uh, i'm able to see you and who else from the city will be attending uh, the mayor will be attending and the city manager will be attending okay as far as i know right now none of my other council members are able to go to this so oh. it'll just be me the mayor and robert haycock our city manager so looking forward to that. The uh, what happens at those meetings? Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> they bring together every all these representatives from different cities, and they'll have like the lobbyists for the MML come and talk about what our legislative priorities are. Okay, and then they'll do some sessions that are for uh, new council members or new aldermen, where they talk about how the city interacts with the state. What does that look like? And how, how do you uh, – they don't really get into, like, how do you govern at the city level, but it's how can you interact with the city. Oh, how, okay. how can MML be a resource for oh, you good. as you govern? So good. it's good meetings. The Eastern Jackson County Betterment Council always has a dinner mm, down delicious. there. That'll be Tuesday evening. I'll be attending that. Can't wait to do it. Uh, also got to attend the 94th Annual Independence Chamber of Commerce Awards Ceremony last Ooh. Saturday night. Now, you were there, and that Paul, was right? In, that was in Independence? It was actually in Kansas City, okay. ironically enough. Yeah, we were at the Arrowhead Club, and uh, it was very nice. Frank White was the keynote speaker, and we honored some folks. Um, oh, uh, 
Kelly, and I, my gosh, her last name escapes me, Ampersand is her company. Newcomer of the year. We honored Nina Anders, who's run Scandinavia Place on the Independent Square forever. Her mm-hmm. and her husband, Ira, who's down in Jeff who's City with you. state representative, yeah. Yep. And then the Legacy Award went to Shirley Baker, who ran the Courthouse Exchange forever and ever. And mm-hmm. her husband, Bill, was a former city council yes. member as well. So... That that was a fun. I event. like to say pillars of the community. Oh my gosh, yeah, stalwarts for sure. The bakers are good people. They are good people. Great family. Her kids were there, or I think six of the seven were able to make it. But wow. somehow they managed to be actively involved in the community. Bill was on city council. Shirley ran a restaurant, and they raised seven kids. Right. Wow. Unbelievable. Accomplished kids too. Yeah, They've accomplished all done great kids. things. Yeah. yeah. One of them even grew up to grew up to be a mayor pro tem, which is a hard wow. thing to accomplish. Well, you know what? With seven kids, you're going to have one bad apple. Okay. It's, it's just going to happen. Fair enough. No, that, of course, is Cindy Serco, who has done a fabulous job on the Kansas City yes. City Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Friday night, I will be going to the first annual Independence Rotary Club Mardi Gras celebration. Whoa. Now, are you going to that, Paul? Uh, no. I, I, oh. I mean, what am I supposed to tell you? I wasn't invited. Do you want to rub oh, it in or what? wow. I didn't mean to bring wow. that I mean, yeah. up. Wow. Now, where's this, anyway, this party will, I wasn't invited to? It will be at the Coco Keys okay. Hotel. Yeah, an <laughs> you can take your surfboard? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I guess you can bring your trunks or your Speedo and just hop on in. But there's going to be <laughs> a parade trunk. I get to, your trunks. get to march in. So, Oh, you, you're marching in a parade? I'm marching in a parade, yeah. I get huh. to be. It's a Mardi Gras thing, so they have this royalty. Former Mayor Don Rimmel's oh, the it, king of Mardi Gras. Wow. Joe Rimmel is the queen. It sounds fun. Uh, current Mayor that. Eileen Weir is the lady. And then I guess I, <laughs> I am. Oh, she's the lady. She's, okay. she's the lady of the evening. <laughs> what? Okay. Wait, I don't know if we. And I'm Sir Chris Whiting, and I get to march in the parade. That so. sounds right. That sounds... Do, do people earn beads there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's a fair question. Now, I I'm bringing beads, just so, in case. And I guess as Senator, I'm just. I, yeah, you're I, just not. I don't want to say anything. Yes. What? No. Wait. What's I just, going on? Let's. Anyway. Yeah. We, anyway, I guess me and Courtney aren't going to be there because yeah, we weren't invited. I did not yeah, get an invitation. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, anyway, we'll move away from that one. I know you guys are feeling bad. Uh, really sad. Tomorrow, which will be Friday the fifth, I'm going to videotape uh, a little message for the State of the City address. We talked about this last week, but I'm decided what I'm going to talk about and uh, looking forward to doing that. So I'll be featured on video in the State of the City address. And then um, this Sunday, the 8th, I believe it is, February 8th, I will be at the ribbon cutting and launch service of Revive Church. Oh, is that this Sunday? That's this okay. Sunday, yeah. And I know you met Alex Gilpin, the, yes. the lead pastor for the church, Paul. Mm-hmm. But they're they're an interesting group. They've come in, and their focus is to revitalize the neighborhood around Van Horn. Cool. And so they don't come in and, and push their religion down your throats, but they're coming in and getting – they moved into the neighborhood, bought homes, and they're seeing what they can do to help the people in that neighborhood feel more like a community mm-hmm. and come together. And that's why they've chosen – instead of having a building of their own, to meet at the high school. And it was yeah, the assistant The assistant pastor attended the town hall meeting last time. Which oh, was nice. good. So um, Very good. I, I got to visit with them when I went to the Independence Ethnic Council uh, dinner, and they roasted a pig, and it was nice to have young families around, and they're, they're doing some great things. They're so. doing good work. So and I'll, I'll try to show up there. Too. Yeah, if you can show up 10 o'clock Sunday morning, mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, and I think it would be nice. I had coffee with Pastor Alex this mm-hmm. morning. Okay. And he told me about his meeting with you, and he said, he goes, something, oh, here we go. something that Paul said that, oh, that really resonated with me. This is not going to be good. Oh, no. Actually, this is good stuff. With a man of God. Oh, wow. Be yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul may be splitting the gates of hell wide open when he dies, but he had a great idea. Right. That's He is not invited to the Rotary Club, but. <laughs> but, no, he said, as you know, Paul said, if you want to get political support and political help in your area, just pragmatically, one thing you need to do is get people engaged in the process and get them out to vote. That's right. And he said, he goes, I'd never thought of that. He goes, but we, part of empowering people in this neighborhood is letting them know that their voice counts right. and getting them to go vote. He goes, I'm certainly not going to tell them to vote a certain way or for a certain candidate, but that's going to be one of my themes. And we're going to help people get registered and have their voices heard. So good that, work. That's good. Well, it's a um, if you're trying to make change, it's a long pro- progress, right? Courtney Cole, right? You yes. can't just run for office once or vote once, but you got to get people involved, and part of being involved is is voting. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that's that's independence. That's all I got, my friends. You didn't tell us what you did Sunday. What did I did? You, did you watch the Super Bowl? Oh, I did watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, this is breaking news. Okay. About the Super Bowl. Oh. Breaking news about the Super Bowl? About that happened Were the balls deflated ago? or <laughs> are we going to have that conversation? <laughs> oh, gosh. No more about the soft balls. Did somebody catch the measles there? No, I'm trying to. Somebody uh, did I, catch an interception to finish off. No, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to play this uh, news clip that you guys keep yapping. So um, I'll try again. Uh-oh. Hey, Quarterback Peyton Manning made history last year when the world watched him play the first Super Bowl game ever outdoors in a cold weather city. He lost that game. And that's when a Missouri state senator looked at his what? brother and said, Kansas City's roofless Arrowhead Stadium should now host the game as well. The fact that we don't have a roof seems to not to be an issue anymore for the NFL. What hmm. might make the NFL hunt Kansas City, though, as a Super Bowl option today is what's downtown, miles away from the stadium. The city needs more downtown hotel space close to the Power and Light District. Three are under construction right now. Still, the senator is hopeful. We were able to pull off not only an all-star game, but a World Series on the national stage. You certainly did. You know, fan-friendly, fun atmosphere to be in down here. But the Super Bowl is costly. This year it cost Phoenix $30 million in private and public money. And the NFL has tough requirements. Most of the city's hotels must be premium, and the stadium would have to come rent-free. The NFL would also have total control of its seats. Fans are already skeptical. I do think it's probably exception to the rules. I think history shows that they're all they're all about going to the same five or six venues year after year. I think it might have just been a, a New York exception. Yeah, and and that was the report they played uh, Super Bowl Sunday on NBC about the task force. I. I had through legislation, and I think the drunk guy at the end has a point. Um, <laughs> it is it is a little um, – it will be a challenge, but, again, the purpose of the task force is to identify what the needs of the city are to attract such a big event. So that was um, the purpose of it, and it is going to be an uphill climb. Like Phoenix, and um, we did a visit to Phoenix to uh, see, their, see their preparations for the Super Bowl, and um, – you can see, you know, with the $30 million in their facilities and everything they have close to the stadium, it it, it will be difficult for uh, Kansas City to try to get one. But if we don't s- 
uh, try to plan and identify what our needs are, we'll never get there. Yeah, that's true. I like that your brother got mentioned in that. Yeah. In that clip. Yeah, he, he tells I, the story that I was wondering came which up brother. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well. <laughs> I know which one now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hey, you know what? The, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. <laughs> Thank you. And um, I, I don't... I don't think I'm trying to over I'm Chris White. <laughs> Yay. I don't think that I'm trying to oversell that we're getting one. No. I right. just think but, that but looking at the possibility, can you imagine I, I heard that hundred and fourteen million households or televisions were tuned in. Yeah. It was the the most widely watched event ever in the history of television. Yeah. Was this last Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the exposure that would be for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And and independence being you know, next door neighbors, the the front door to Kansas City, right there at the stadiums, it'd be great for us. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And the tourist center that's within the stadium. Right? Oh, it would get a, it would get a lot of hits. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they wouldn't be open. Yeah. Anyway, that's another project. So, <laughs> yes. Courtney, why don't you? You know, we've we focused a lot on this area. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about. Independence Crime Lab, the city, even the stadium. But let's go, let's say, what happens north of the river? What happens else place? That's what you're responsible for. Yeah. I'm responsible for Jefferson City. He's got independence. You have every place else in the world. So what's up? (laughs) Every other place (laughs) in the world. Well, if I have any other place in the world to talk about, then I really would like to talk about Excelsior Springs. Because something exciting happened in Excelsior Springs today. Okay. Governor Nixon came to oh, really? okay. Excelsior Springs and was at Magna Seating um, to promote our automobile industry. Well, you know, which. <laughs> I mean, it's always sitting down anyway. <laughs> which um, Ford, this comes right on the heels of Ford announcing that uh, they're going to be expanding and adding 900 more jobs. And uh, Magna Seating in Excelsior Springs provides um, supplies to the Ford um, company. And ah. yeah, and they've been there now for um, several years. And we had the governor come before too to talk about an expansion that they had done. And so it was nice to have him back in our community and um, seeing our local industry featured. Well, Very we, cool. Now, when we went through, when we went through the, um, when we went through the saving of the Ford, uh-huh. and we did that through some incentives. Was the governor? Did he want that? <laughs> Yes. Okay, I didn't know if he's brought that up or not. Yeah, <laughs> several. Yeah, several yeah. times. Uh, yeah, in 2010, he called a special session uh, to essentially save the Claycomo assembly plant, um, which feeds a lot of the employment um, that we have as as citizens of Excelsior Springs comes out of that Ford plant. My grandpa, my great grandpa, and my father in law were all union um, members there. And so uh, we've got deep oh, wow. roots with the automotive industry, and um, I think it's something that our country should be proud of. Well, I knew it was great news for Kansas City with uh, the 900 new jobs. I didn't Definitely. know it affected Excelsior Springs, too. Yeah, because we feed into that plant. So. Well, color me informed. All good stuff. That's great. Yeah. But I have um, I guess I can go ahead and tell you what I've been working on. Um, been working on doing some events, some of them here in Independence even for you, Senator. Oh, this ought to be good. Yes, and um, also working on uh, something exciting that's going to be coming to Union Station, although I am not privy to, to announce that yet. So Ooh. that oh, will that's be... that's a teaser. There's wow. a teaser, yeah, that's coming um, in June. Stay tuned, exciting. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be a big event. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and then 
Next week, we're having our Dialogue Town Hall meeting. Uh, two weeks. Oh, from, thank you. Two weeks from today. Okay, well, I'm just yeah. excited about it. Yes. And um, you've just announced that we're doing the Dinner and Dialogue on Thursday, February 19th. Mm-hmm. And our guests that evening will be Mayor Eileen Weir. Oh, Yay! Of independence, yes. and so we're looking forward to that. And the RSVPs are already coming in for the dinner, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to having a crowd. And What's on the menu? A good night. Yeah, you know, we haven't. I don't think we've determined the menu. We had uh, some delicious chicken last time. Mm. Maybe we'll oh, do something different. That sounds good. Lucas liked it, so okay. It may be something you know. Hey, if Luke's if Lucas liked it, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah. other thing, the uh, the um, full video of of. The event with Santa Curls should be hitting your YouTube, I think, tomorrow. Oh, good. Um, um, that's on. good to know. Um, <laughs> when you run a fully volunteer <laughs> operation, <laughs> you know you don't do things as, as speedy. But the point is that you have an opportunity to see that, see some great um, um, remarks by Santa Curls and some good questions. And so it's a, it's a, we'll do that again on well, the Well, I, 19th. for one, am looking forward to it. I had to uh, miss that meeting because of other responsibilities. Right. So, right. And uh, we wanted to make sure that we um, had the mayor on one of the ones we did the video on. And we made sure we had the mayor pro temp on just the, the audio, audio just the one. Audio. Yeah. yeah, Some of us have faces for video and some of us are mayor pro temp of independence. Yes, that's true. Yes. So what else, Courtney? Um, I also just had a meeting uh, with Cotty College. To, which is a uh, two-year, all, well, actually, they have some four-year programs now. They've just expanded. I just got a full update on Cotty, which is great, which I'm an alum of. And they were talking to me about maybe possibilities of working with the students to be get them more involved politically, give them opportunities to be sure to get registered to vote, and then also understand, you know, what's on their ballot. So that was really nice um, to get to meet with them. And then this weekend is the... Uh, Democratic State Committee meeting, and so I'll be traveling to Jeff City uh, with my fellow Democrats, and I look forward to the meetings that I'll have there. What's going on with you, Senator? Uh, and I don't know how much I went into this. In Jefferson City, you get a lot of you have lots and lots of people visit, and um, in the last few weeks, I've been able to meet with um, um, the Missouri State Troopers Association, um, with uh, someone from Truman Medical Center here in in, uh, in our area. That does so much stuff for us. Um, um, a friend of mine who was with KC—I'm not going to remember exactly what. Um, eat, oh God, this is embarrassing. What's Beth Lowe do? Um, she's the. Oh gosh, I'm not going to know either. KC Healthy food, food Policy. Yeah, um, Healthy Policy for Food. She's. She yes. deals with like chickens that you grow in your yard and stuff. No, like that. no, you don't grow. <laughs> You're chicken. the one that... chicken. No, she, um, she, uh, well, she's pushing good policy for us. So she was visiting, had a nice conversation with our uh, Jackson County prosecutor, um, Gene Peters Baker, to f- go over some law enforcement um, uh, information. Uh, was participated in a uh, forum about the ACA and Medicaid expansion. Um, was. Good to see uh, Senator Sylvie was able to join. He has a different way of trying to expand Medicaid <laughs> in Missouri. I, it's not as effective as my bill. But with that said, I really like that he's moving it ahead and he is getting some pushback from his own Republicans. Yeah, I saw that. So he showed a little courage for that. Yeah. I met with the Missouri Housing Development Corporation, one of the representatives, to figure out more. I mentioned the Ethnic Council, the Independence Chamber. 
I got to sit by next to Chris Whiting, which which is really that exciting. That was fun. Wow. Yeah. Aww. And I did um, not get an invitation. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll see at the Rotary. Oh. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah, yeah enjoy the Mardi Gras. Yeah. Um, we'll, um, there's a, a uh, reception, which is, a, which is a gem for our city, the National World War One Memorial. There's a reception um, there tomorrow evening. Um, excited about that. And then next week um, will be a great week because uh, members of the Missouri Credit Union Association will be coming around the state. You know, I'm part of the credit union movement and proud of that. Um, and um, also the Municipal League is people from the uh, the uh, City of Independence. They'll be down visiting. Uh, people from Arch KC will be down. And so um, it will be a very good event. Very good week of, of good people. Well, you're the one that, okay. So I wanted to do that before he left. So anyway, so that's what I'll be doing. I know you guys aren't, you know, like listening. But uh, it sounds like a great week. I was taking just, notes. Yeah. Were you taking notes? Yes. I was. I was meditating. <laughs> you have a busy week, Senator. Yes, yes. Well, I'm glad I'll get to be part of it and see you down there in Jeff City. I'm looking Yo, forward to that. I mean, what's, when you... So that's really just about it. I don't know if you had anything else that you wanted to add, Courtney. I mean, what do you got to say about all this? I just think it's a, a good show. Okay. Chris? You know, I think we all gave our all, and I think that's what made this one of the best podcasts we've ever done.